Welcome to LilyPod episode 103, Behaviors and Outcomes, How to Shift Them. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another inspirational episode on LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are advanced certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed towards single adults and later married couples blending families. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Welcome, LilyPod listeners, to the last of three episodes that are all about the FCBO model. And today we're going to be deep diving into the last two letters, which are B and O for behaviors and outcomes. Now, um, be sure to listen to episode 11 for an overall view of the entire FCBO model and to episodes 101 and 102 before you listen to this one, uh, because they're, they're in that order. Um, now I, it, it can stand alone, but I think it's great if you could get all those in as well. Yeah. And I would like to also point out that when we're talking about outcomes, which we'll get to eventually, we are going to be talking about a variety of different kinds of outcomes. One of those is the emotions we feel that is an outcome as well as uh, something that leads to other outcomes. So, you know, but it's an end in and of itself to feeling good inside is really important, whether, you know, you're manifesting that in a great career or not, you know, the, the, the feeling inside is super important and, and will increase your quality of life a lot. And in a large way, it's a great, um, and very, big motivator for the outcomes we want is to feel a certain way. Right. So when it comes to New Year's resolutions, and we're kind of at that time of year when we've been thinking about, okay, what do we want to create in 2023? Most of us start with the outcomes we want and then try to shift our behaviors to lead us to the desired result. Lose 35 pounds. Yeah, that's right. Start exercising, eat better, all the stuff, right? While there is order and reason to this method, it simply doesn't go back far enough in the order of creation. And I would like to give a little, just a little scripture from Moses 3, verse 5. The Lord created all things spiritually before he created them physically. Right. And with this FCBO model, we are learning to do the same. Right. Goals are better if they're specific and measurable. And so... Oftentimes we need to focus more on, I'm going to exercise, you know, four times a week for 30 minutes or whatever, whatever your goal is, uh, you, that is something you have control over. Will it result in losing 20 pounds in three months? Who, you know, that, that's, that's not something you can really control. You can just control the input. Um, there's a, a great book put out there by Franklin Covey recently where they talk about this and they 
they talk about how you have these lead measures. A lead measure would be something you're going to do, like exercising or eating in a certain way or whatever. And your lag measure is how does that show up in your outcomes? Uh, and they suggest that you have to look at what lead measures will lead to the outcomes or, or you think will lead to the outcomes you want. Hmm. And if you adopt those lead measures, they, they will ultimately either result in the outcome you wanted or they will prove themselves to be unhelpful and you move on to another one. And, and the thing I want to emphasize in that though, is they're saying that you have to increase your lead measure a lot to increase your lag measure a little. Well, and while that's important to know, it's still focused on behavior and we want to be able to fuel our behavior with something that can be sustained in order to be able to reach our goals eventually sticking with those those measures that actually make the difference right and thought work has a lot to do with coming up with those lead measures well and if you think about it okay behaviors and outcomes how to shift them and how to really shift them Uh, because as we know and we so often hear New Year's resolutions just aren't sustained. Why do we give up in February or March when we plan to do something all year? Um, I mean, there's lots of reasons, right? But um, we may think, oh, it's because I'm weak or I'm uncommitted. And while that could be true in some cases, we also like to suggest that perhaps it's because we don't get to the root of our behaviors. And remembering that our root of our entire model goes back to the stories we tell about the facts of life. If we don't shift those stories, how can we possibly go about creating different behaviors and sustain them over time? Right. Uh, So we're taught that all things are created spiritually first. That includes what we think in our minds and feel in our hearts. Our stories naturally extend from both our spirit and our mind. And the stories we tell ourselves and others influence the emotions we feel and our energetic state. Those emotions and energy fuel our behaviors. It's like trying to run a car without gas or maybe without the right kind of gas. Think about it if you'd put uh, the regular unleaded into a diesel car if you're not fueling those behaviors with the right kind of fuel, the kind of fuel that will sustain the behaviors and get you the outcomes you want over time, it's, yeah, it's just like putting that wrong, the wrong gas in our cars. Uh, what, what do we want fueling us? Well, let, let me tell you what I think is kind of taking a piss in your gas tank. Um, I experienced this a lot. Um, through my 20s and 30s, virtually everything I achieved in life, I had achieved through fear and anxiety. And really, anxiety and fear are the same thing. Uh, if you want to get technical, there, there's no difference. But in, in any case, I was 
anxious because what if I don't do well on this test, then maybe I'll get a low grade and I won't get into law school and I would horribleize about things and that would drive me to stay up all night studying. And so I would do that. I would get a good grade and I would think, oh, I'd relax for a minute. But then there's always something else. And I think by the time I was in my late 40s, I was so sick of being anxious all the time that I would rather be a bum on the street uh, begging than to have to live that way filled with anxiety anymore. Of course, being a bum on the street might give me worse anxiety, but that's not the point. The point is really that anxiety is a poor fuel, but it's one that a lot of us use. And, you know, it is a good fuel in when used properly in a moment of panic or terror, when there is a real danger threatening you, anxiety gets you to move and it gets you to move fast. And so that's, that's important, but, but the vast majority of the things we use it as fuel for, you know, doing better in our careers, even, you know, working on our relationships we're often fueled by fear. And remember the scripture, for the Lord hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. So what are you going to replace that fear with? What is the proper fuel? Power, love, and a sound mind. Mm. Yes. And I've experienced something similar. Of, I don't think I know really how long I functioned mostly on adrenaline. <clears throat> that fear and flight, that flight and fear response. Fight or flight. Yeah, yeah fight or flight. Which come, which is anxiety too. It, it is. And, uh, but that idea that I'm constantly feeling like I'm being chased by a tiger, even when I'm in the safety of my own home, sitting at my desk, just doing work. <laughs> like, right. And <clears throat> we often don't know how to differentiate that human uh, gift we've been given that our ancestors needed to literally run away from predators and not apply it when we're just at work or doing something that causes that response. Now, it can cause digestive issues and um, it, it can cause anxiety disorders and <clears throat> and, well, and eventually just, it can really wear our bodies out. Yeah, well, and it's just super unpleasant to live that way too. Yeah, true. Um, so clearly we want to go back further than just creating new habits. Because if, you know, if you think about that, you know, creating a new habit, but in a fight or flight anxiety fashion is not going to be serving us in the long term. Eventually our bodies will give out and we will not get what we want. <laughs> Right. So um, the outcome might be, um, okay, so yeah, the outcomes might be something we didn't want to create. And um, I'd like you to talk, Jeff, about this, um, the story that Stephen Covey told at a seminar. Do you remember? Yep. Yeah. Well, he said that he was uh, I think he wrote this actually in the seven habits book, mm. seven habits of highly affected mm. people. But he said that he was uh, teaching a seminar and a man came up to him between sessions, you know, when they were on a break and said, Stephen, you know, my wife and I 
we don't love each other and we've got three kids and it's not the story the, that's another story this is the story that we wanted to tell here uh, what he said is my wife oh, doesn't yeah, yeah. trust me yeah well he says my wife doesn't trust me and he says you know i i've tried to tell her that she can trust me i've tried to convince her and you know i'm at these I'm at these events all the time for my business and, you know, she's calling me six, eight times a day, wanting to know where I am, what I'm doing, who's there, and she doesn't trust me Okay, and right all. now, in the, in the story when you first told me it, I was thinking, huh, this woman is paranoid and she thinks you know, and, and she, you know, she's the jealous type or like, you know, I was just thinking, what is wrong with this lady? But tell the rest of the story. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't trust each other. I think she doesn't love me. All of that. And 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 he, uh, Stephen is talking this through with him. And finally, he sort of sheepishly says, of course, I can't blame her too much because I met her at one of these conferences when I was married to someone else. <laughs> and Stephen Covey's, oh. Dr. Covey's, of course, his point is you cannot talk your way out of something you behaved your way into. I and think I think the quote, quote was you can't think a, a way out of a problem that you behaved your way into. Right. I mean, and ultimately, yes, we do have to think our way out of those things, but we have to make shifts that involve more than behavior uh, if we really want it to last. Yeah. So I think the the point is that you can't only think your way out of it. You've got to think and behave your way out of it. So it goes together. It's it's congruent. It's not uh, dichotomous or um, cognitive dissonance. It's it's coming together with our mind and our behaviors being what we want to be, so we can have trust in a relationship. Right. And this dude that that came up to talk to Dr. Covey has to accept where he is and go from there. And, and that involves shifting the way he thinks about relationships, shifting the way he thinks about trust, accepting the reasons why his wife doesn't trust him. And, you know, can he make her trust him? No, but he can make choices. He can choose to show up differently in the relationship. And that may result in increased trust, and it may not. Well, and just like we can't control the outcomes of our behaviors, we can control the the behaviors for as long as we want. And I think often when we don't get the outcome that we want, we often will feel frustrated and stop. And that's almost always the reason we don't get where we want to go because usually anything worthwhile is going to require us to be very uh, very focused for a long period of time on those committed efforts in order to get there. I mean, nobody comes and starts taking violin lessons and is able to play beautifully even in the first year, let alone the first week, right? So when we really want something worthwhile, it's um, it can be very 
um, devastating to the result we want, to the outcome that we desire if we just give up because we can't, we aren't staying committed to the behaviors because we're not getting the result fast enough. Right. I mean, the result is important, but the things that we're going to focus on leading up to it are going to, are what's going to give us that outcome. Uh, the guy being patient with his wife's phone calls, being willing to say, you know, where he is and who he's with and what he's doing are going to give her a little bit of peace of mind. Now, he's not responsible for her peace of mind, and maybe nothing he does is going to ever overcome her lack of trust in him. And, and then, you know, he has choices to make. But ultimately, uh, he can be responsible for his own behavior, and, and uh, he's going to get more of what he wants in life. Not everything. Uh, but um, it's important that that we focus more on, all right, what behavior do I need to create the outcome I want? And then what kind of emotions and energy are going to fuel that behavior? And in turn, what kind of stories can we adopt that are going to uh, give us that kind of emotions and energetic flow. Well, and we might want to start with these questions and this can either be uh, parenthetical for the audience, or we can actually answer them question. Um, what is the energy or emotion behind someone cheating on their spouse? What stories did they tell leading to that behavior and what stories did they tell to justify it? Right. And it may be full of cognitive distortions. I mean, I, I know a sad story of a man who recently committed suicide and he had been telling his, his children for a couple of weeks that if his girlfriend broke up with him, he was going to kill himself. Mm. And ultimately he did. And his girlfriend explains afterward I wasn't going to break up with him. I was giving him space because he's at a particularly busy time of, of year for his business. And I was giving him space to focus on that. Uh, I didn't mean to break up with him. And he killed himself over this. Why? Well, it's the stories he was telling. It was the horribleizing he was doing about it. And, you know, even if this woman was going to break up with him. She's not the last woman on earth. You know, so there were a lot of stories that even led up to, if this happens, I'm going to do this. Uh, like that, this relationship is my last chance for happiness. That could be a story he was telling. Mm -hmm. And is or that story, I've had one too many losses I can't handle anymore. Like the, those are right. the stories that can lead to, to that kind of devastating outcome. Right. And, you know, not all negative stories we tell ourselves result in suicide, but some do. And it illustrates the point that the way we interpret and understand the events of our lives is really important for the kind of emotional environment we live in, for the energetic flow that we live in, and consequently, the kind, the way we behave and the outcomes we get. 
You know, I think this is a good demonstration of why it is so important to get good life and relationship coaching along your journey and not wait until it's at that crisis point. Right. Because I think if he would have had someone there supporting his thought processes, that wouldn't have been necessary. And not only that, he might have even created a life he loved and wouldn't have wanted to leave. You know, I've said to some of his loved ones, oh, you know, I didn't know him really well, but I, I said to a couple of his loved ones, man, I, you know, if I had known he was in that much pain, you know, I really wish I could somehow go back and talk to him for half an hour before he made that decision. Uh, because I don't, you know, I don't think he would have made that decision. Now I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe I could have talked to him and nothing would have, would have sunk in. But I also, I feel like this work is powerful enough mm -hmm. that you can give somebody a smidgen of hope, even in half an hour that will help them to see uh, the world through, through a more hopeful lens. Well, and we know that divorced men are like the highest population of at risk for suicide. And we not only want to help people pre or prevent people from leaving this world prematurely, but also to live a life that is worth staying for. Right. And we not only recommend life and relationship coaching for women, but especially for men, actually. And right. I believe that more women than men listen to our podcast and more men than women watch our YouTube channel. So we've got Lily Pod and we've got Lily Tube, which is the um, visual version of what we offer, but they're totally different content other than our interviews, which we do both places. Right. Um, but and look, men yeah. on the average are going to have a little more money than their female counterparts. So why are women willing to pay for coaching and men often aren't? I think it's a societal um, thing. We tend to think that men should just do it on their own and men adopt this story that they need to do it on their own. And Yeah, it's that self-sufficiency paradigm. And I think in addition, we men kind of like want so we want something concrete for our uh, money because, you know, we work hard for it and Sometimes it represents a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and we don't want to just throw it away on something that might not work. And, and I get that because I'm the exact same way. Uh, I want to tell you, though, not everything you will spend money on that really ends up being worth it, that helps you feel those things you want to feel, not everything is going to be concrete. You might take a vacation to a beautiful place or a historic place or something, and that's going to be a, a great memory. It's going to enhance your quality of life. It's going to grow in significance. Uh, but it didn't increase your net worth. Right. It didn't increase your net worth. It didn't, um, it isn't something you're seeing in your home every day or in your garage or whatever. Although it does. It also, but the thing is it's, it might not have seemingly increased your net worth, but think about it when you feel better and you perform better at your job, you get promotions, you get raises, you get bonuses. I mean, Oh, and I can absolutely say that if you come to coaching with us and, and you do the work, your career is going to 
going to benefit from that. You're going to make more money. Um, it's just not going to be a direct correlation necessarily. Right. I mean, it's, you're, you're not going to see it immediately uh, or you probably won't see it immediately. Well, you may see some shifts immediately in how you operate, but it's going to, you know, the lag measure of making more money is going to take some time. So I'd like to just say that we don't, uh, we didn't know about the statistic personally until in the recent year where, you know, we've lost several men, divorced men to suicide that we know personally. And it, right. it's really terrible. Like it's really, it's been heartbreaking to see. And so for all you women who are listening to the podcast, please share this with the men you love in your life. Please encourage them to come see us for free for a free discovery call. Encourage them to come to Jeff's uh, Knights of the Lily roundtables each month. They're really amazing. And, and Knights, we use the, the, the theme of Knights because Knights are what? They're strong. They're powerful. They are warriors for truth and justice. And, you know, that's how we like to think of them anyway. We're going to help you become a more powerful individual. And, and honestly, a more manly individual in a lot of ways. Yeah, it takes um, true strength as a man and even as a woman to be able to vulnerably uh, approach your own self with compassionate awareness and be willing to do the work to elevate your life. That's right. And so, yeah, I would just say in conclusion to the men, uh, look, guys, I can't offer you, okay, you know, come to coaching and you'll be driving a Cadillac tomorrow. I can't offer you something concrete like that. What I can offer you is a happier life. And a happier person is going to be more successful in business or career. And in relationships. Uh, all of or them. relationships. Yeah. And and uh, that's those are, are the things that really help us to build a, a happy life. So that's what, what you get from coaching. And I don't mean to keep beating that drum, but uh, I just feel it's so important, especially well, yeah. for the men that aren't availing themselves of the opportunities. Absolutely, because we want to support divorced men who are at high risk for suicide and it's really struggling. Right. So... Um, Dr. Greg Bear, we had him on our sh our show and in an interview. I believe it's episode sixty nine. It's called Real Love with Dr. Greg Bear, and he would say that when we feel empty and afraid, it's because we don't know how to accept love um, our spouse is giving us or uh, that our friends are giving us, like that empty and afraid feeling isn't because we don't have love in our life, but because we don't know how to receive it. Um, and that lack of ability to accept and get love and approval from, let's say, our parents when we were children, or even the stories we tell ourselves about how lovable we are, um, those are stories that can lead to, like that affair that uh, we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, Dr. Stephen Covey. My spouse is Stephen the Covey's friend, not him. Oh, right, right. No, yeah. Well, the person who came up to him and talked about the affair that he yeah, had with right. the, the person who was then nervous about 
him being out at the event where she met him right. <laughs> while he was married to someone else. Now, my spouse, um, the story that my spouse is the only one who can get uh, can meet my needs. And if I can't get it from her, I guess I'll have to go somewhere else. I mean, that's, I think, one of those stories that might have led to the affair. And we don't ever really want our spouse to be the only place we get our emotional needs met. Right. We, that puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on the relationship. Now, of course, in terms of, you know, a spouse being your person, the person you get to talk to, the person that um, can be there for you and, you know, the person who you want to tell things to and, and connect with the most. I mean, that's all that is very ideal. But it doesn't mean it has to be the only place you get emotional needs met. Right. Now, um, most misbehavior in marriage comes from uh, what people see as unmet needs. And we're suggesting that we meet those needs ourselves and take accountability and responsibility for what we're really needing rather than putting that responsibility on other people. and one of the best gifts we can give any relationship is the story that we are lovable and therefore we're open to receive it. I mean, have you ever been in a relationship with someone you loved and they couldn't feel it? And it, I mean, that's just, I don't think there's anything more frustrating in this whole been. world. <laughs> I have too. It led to a divorce actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the outcomes in our life can be both internal and external. Um, they can be based on relationships, careers, whether we carry peace or disruption around with us all day, um, outcomes are like a mirror and a reflection for us to know what we're feeling and ultimately what we're feeding our minds. And so in this FCBO model, we go back to, okay, these are the outcomes of my life. This is what I'm seeing. This is a mirror and a reflection to what I've fed my mind for years. If I want to create something different, I have to go back and feed my mind something different over time. Right. Feed it good fuel that will is long burning. So how do we feed our minds good fuel that is slow burning? Well, I think it's the observations of the behaviors that are creating the outcomes we don't desire that can help us go back to the stories and the emotion and energy that's fueling them and then shift them, elevate them, uh, get into the route of fueling our behaviors and creating the outcomes of our life that we actually want. Uh, I think that takes a lot of intentional effort. I believe it often takes um, some outside help. And I do believe that we have the power to shift all of it to whatever we want to be experiencing instead of what we are currently experiencing, if that's something we want to shift. It just takes time and patience and effort. And if this model and these thoughts and ideas from the last three episodes resonate with you, we just encourage you to give us a call or send us an email at loveinlateryears at gmail.com and ask for a free 
15 minute discovery call with us. There's no obligation. We're not hardcore salespeople. We just want to help in any way we can. And we'll give you some, um, some good information in the time we have with you. And then if you want to continue, you'll know what your options are with us. And having said that, uh, we love having you here. Thank you so much for listening. Please share with those you love the opportunity to be elevated through these podcasts throughout the year. We put out a new one each Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. And we love having you here. And with that, we will say anytime is a wonderful and amazing, great time for love in your life. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Please share LilyPod with those you love who could benefit from what we share here. We invite you to sign up for our Elevating Weekly Lily Letter, subscribe to LilyTube, and enjoy other life-affirming content at loveinlateryears.com. Email us to request a free 15-minute Lily Coaching Discovery Call. We are here to support you.